Owning an investment property can be challenging, but it doesn't have to be. At Heritage Realty Property Management, they handle the challenges for you, ensure it's rented, maintained, and gets the highest return possible, while you just collect the check. With over 50 years experience, you can trust Heritage Realty to provide the property care you want and rental knowledge you need. Visit HeritageRealtyKnox.com to connect with the team more landlords trust. Heritage Realty. We treat your property as if it were our own. Thought Lincoln Riley going to USC, Power 5 to Power 5 was a bomb that dropped everywhere and shook up the college football world. And then last night, it, look, I'll be real, Caner. When it came down the pipe that a couple of days ago that they were looking to Bruce Feldman, I think the first reported on Sunday, saying that LSU was looking to go after Brian Kelly. I thought, well, fat, lot of good that's going to do you. Come on, no. let, let's be realistic and go find somebody who's a good coach that can go coach your program and do a good job. You let Billy Napier leave. Maybe you made a mistake there. And then we get the report last night that Brian Kelly's leaving Notre Dame for LSU. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy because you talk about a, a coach that is very successful and has you know been in the college football playoff a couple of times. He's made a national championship game appearance. Um, he recruits pretty well to Notre Dame, all intents and purposes. So it's not like he was stumbling over there, but you're leaving one Power 5 job going to another. You're leaving Notre Dame going to LSU to where... I think you can recruit a whole lot better. Sure, the t- the competition is going to be fierce because you're going from not playing in a conference outside of the 2020 COVID year, playing in the ACC, uh, to playing in the toughest division in all of football. So it, the challenge is going to be there. But for him, um, the incentives are going to be pretty sweet as well. Plus, I, I just feel like from a recruiting aspect, again, there's not a better job than than LSU. And so a little wild when that when that happened yesterday. It's for me, especially look Kelly can still make the college football playoff this year. It's not off the table that that happens right now, depending on how championship games go and things like that. So the idea that you leave when you have a chance to make the playoff right now, you got either you needed to get out or you got such a great (laughs) offer that you flat couldn't turn it down. Right. So, but, but what would be the reason for him to get out now? There's been plenty of reason in the past, but but Notre Dame has stood by him. Of course you had the 2010 incident. Uh, You had another incident early on in his career. You had an academic fraud incident. I mean, there's been about three or four different cases to where it'd be easy for Kelly to bolt, but Notre Dame has stood by him, and to my knowledge, it's been pretty clean the last couple of years. But you're right. I mean, you have a you have a team that's that's literally fifth right now in, in last week's rankings. Yep. We'll, we'll see what happens tonight, but I, I don't anticipate And seeing... let's see the Big Ten title game, the Big 12 title game, the yeah. SEC title game. There could be a major shakeup that puts you not just in the college football playoff, but firmly in the college football playoff. And, you know, if, if now, now that Kelly's leaving, you know, Luke Fickle's a name that's been rumored to be you know leaving Cincinnati to go to Notre Dame he's undefeated he's in the college football playoff picture and if he were going to take that job I mean it's not going to be for another month and so, it's so you're going it's, to miss, miss signing day right but not have a coach in place on signing day if you're yeah, Notre Dame that's yeah. not happening uh, yeah again so I mean those are some of the pros and the cons you got away so it's it's a little wild right now yeah look I I think that for Brian Kelly he has gone as far as you humanly can in Notre Dame right now I, I do. I, if you look at it, five straight years, he's had double-digit wins. He's 11-1 right now, and at Notre Dame at a time, 11-1 would mean that you're the number two team in the nation if there's only one undefeated Power 5 team, right? And it doesn't. I mean, let, let's just be honest. The Notre Dame brand isn't what the Notre Dame brand used to be. And it's, it's tough. You had, Usually you play a tougher schedule than anybody else does in the nation in Notre Dame. That's not the case anymore with all the ACC teams that you're playing now. Yeah. And you know some of the rivalry games that you used to play in the Big Ten are now off the table as well. So it's not what it used to be with Notre Dame, but I also don't think the Notre Dame brand is what it used to be. I still think it pulls a very nice audience on Sunday, you know, Saturday afternoon when NBC plays that game at 2.30 or whatever they do. But I don't think that 
Notre Dame, when you talk to recruits, I don't think Notre Dame carries the same level of weight that Notre Dame used to carry. Uh, when you look at the NFL, there aren't the same number of guys that are in the NFL right now from Notre Dame that used to be there. Frankly, it's easier to get to the college football playoff, I think, from LSU than it is from from Notre Dame. I think it's easier to win a college football playoff get, uh, than it is right now at LSU than it is at Notre Dame. Am I wrong there? Like, I think LSU is a bigger brand than, than Notre Dame is right now. And time was Notre Dame was the biggest brand in all of college football, one of the biggest brands in sports, period, worldwide. But I just think LSU is a bigger brand right now. LSU, you can recruit better. LSU, maybe they look the other way on some academic things that Notre Dame's not willing to look past. And so, and you probably have the boosters in order ready to pay people the way that you don't necessarily have it completely in order at Notre Dame. Well, I would say the path is much easier for an LSU team to, yeah, I, no, I don't want to say easier by any stretch. Of, I, get, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's clearer, okay? Yeah. You win your division, you go to Atlanta, you win, you're in, no matter you're, what. You're 11-1 at LSU right now, you're in the college football yeah. playoff. And, and and say you're 11-1, you miss out on winning your side of the division, um, your team loses ahead of you, you, you might still get picked. And so it, the path is more clear if you're at LSU, but at Notre Dame it's still probably easier because you run your table, you win that one to two out-of-conference game that you play every single year, and then you just see teams lose in front of you and move up. I mean, that's how Notre Dame's got in it the last last couple of years or three of the last four years or or whatever the case may be. So, But as far as being a brand, I, I would agree with you. I don't think Notre Dame carries as much weight any longer. I mean, it's a top 10 recruiting class right now. It finished top 25 last year. It finished top 15 the year before. So, again, it's like we're talking about with Tennessee. Yeah, sure, it's great you finished 14th in the country finishing seventh in the SEC. I mean, that's kind of the, the same case with Notre Dame. So it doesn't recruit as well as it did in years past. It's still recruiting well, um, but I, I just feel like for LSU, there's just so much more that comes with the job there, plus the playoff picture, plus the incentives and all that comes with it. And let's be honest, two guys, the last two coaches, the last three coaches there won national titles. The last two are kind of considered to be jabronis in the football world, right? I mean, like nobody, I mean, honestly, nobody, nobody else would have hired Ed Osheron. Literally no. zero other people would have hired Ed Ogeron. Um Les Miles struggled to get the Kansas job. You know what I mean? After he got fired there, there at LSU, and then you found out some things behind the scenes that he did and things like that. So if you're Kelly, they'll look past some things. If you've got some indiscretions, they will look past it. And I think that Kelly's a guy who's had some indiscretions in the past. So there's at least to that. To the least. Um, and, and also, again, if you're looking at these other coaches who are frankly just bad coaches that can win a national title at LSU, you got to be looking at this saying, I could definitely win a national title at LSU if Ed Ogeron could win a national title at LSU, if Les Miles can win a national title at LSU. But think about this, too, though. I mean, for, for LSU in 2019, I mean, all the stars aligned, right? Yeah. I mean, you had a great passing game coordinator that was just... You had Joe Brady. And you had Dave Aranda. And, and nobody Ray. else had Joe Brady and Dave Aranda. And you had... And you had um, I mean, you had, you had a... Joe Burrow, who... Joe Burrow. Joe was, Brady turned into a monster. <laughs> I yeah. kept trying to say Joe Brady, thinking of Joe, Joe Burrow. But, I mean, yeah, you had a quarterback that was incredible. No one saw it the year before, to no. your point. Uh, but he turned out to be credible. Alabama, Tua got hurt that year. Um, you know, you, you had a lot of things going your way in order to get that. But, I mean, it was a dominant season. Uh, but Ed Orgeron did win a national championship there at LSU, so I mean that's got to be appealing uh, for Brian Kelly. Plus, he's getting paid more. What? Yes, there there, <laughs> there has to be that aspect of it. Like yeah. the, Dennis Dodd with the report yesterday that fifteen million dollars per year. He's now, essentially doubling a salary. I I don't know that I buy that number. If I'm just being honest, because the there were people that work for the Athletic to cover the beat, and that I think are probably more tied in than Dennis Dodd is when it comes to that kind of thing. I think maybe he could if he hit every incentive every year or something like that. Possibly he could get to that. Yeah. And if you include everything else that's involved, like plane usage and homes and things like that, 
But it, but at least ten million is the base is what it looks like it's going to be from some of these guys from the, for the that cover the beat. I mean, if it's a ten million base, then you are almost more than doubling what you made at Notre yeah. Now Notre Dame is not public record, but the belief is he was making just a little over five million a year. And I mean that is in today's you know college football coaching. If you're a good coach, you know, you're you're getting paid a lot nothing. more than five. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely, you're right. It's absolutely nothing. But I. I can't help but think that wins and losses and winning and losing has to play something into this. And the idea that, again, Notre Dame's in the top. Notre Dame's not the college football playoff at 11-1 right now. I think it probably plays into it, into it a little bit as well at Brian Kelly. And then the money's so good that you just can't say no. no. And, it, and it's wild that that's happened at LSU, especially because Louisiana's the second poorest state in the nation. Like they, they, they had a governor there, and he's not there anymore. I'm not trying to rip the, the, the guy who, the person who's there now is the governor. But Bob, when Bobby Jindal was the governor... To make he he ran the state into the ground financially. So from a state perspective, they don't have money, but they're willing to pay ten million dollars plus whatever the incentives might be on top of that to get Brian Kelly to come there. Here's what I want to know from you on the other side: Is this the more surprising? What's the more surprising move? Brian Kelly to LSU, Lincoln Riley to USC. We break it down next. Starting lineup: ninety nine point one. The Sports Animal. Here's Eric Kane with your Tennessee Lottery Sports Update for LSU. Okay, off the top of my head, it's Brian Kelly leaving for LSU, right? Um, I understand when you factor in money, doubling your salary, I get all that. That that's incentive to go, but for for uh, you know Lincoln Riley, he can never get to where he wants to be as Oklahoma. I know that's that's crazy to say because you've been in the college football playoff twice. I get all that, but Oklahoma's going to the SEC. Okay, make all the jokes you want. Lincoln Riley wanted no part of the SEC. That's true, but it was a business decision. You're going to the Pac-12. College football playoffs is going to expand. That's going to happen. You're going to have a cakewalk winning the Pac-12 every single year. He can get quarterbacks to come and follow him and develop them, and he will be in the college football playoff every single year winning that division or getting in that large point down, even if they go 12-team. And um, I just feel like it makes so much sense for Spencer Riley going to or Lincoln Riley going to USC, whereas at Notre Dame, sure. I mean, you got to run the table every year, but you're in a position to make the college football playoff every single year. I I, I agree with you. I think it's more surprising for Brian Kelly because Notre Dame is, it's still, maybe, maybe it's my age, but Notre Dame still carries some level of weight, right? They still do have their own separate television contract from everybody else. See, it's different for you than me. I yeah. mean, I recognize what Notre Dame is. I, I get it. But, and but I you weren't alive it. during Lou Holtz. You weren't but alive for the, the, Tony, the, Tim Brown and all the, you know what I mean? None of that stuff. The weight that you keep referring to, at least for me and my generation, I feel like I can't speak for everybody. It's just not there. Yeah, and so and I think that hurts some in recruiting a little bit. I also yep. think walking into the toughest division in college football and seeing that coaching list that you have there, that is hardcore. Yeah. I also think this, if I'm Lincoln Riley, I'd have left. I'd have done that in a heartbeat. I would have thought mm-hmm. twice about it. Frankly, I'd have taken the same money and left. Uh now he didn't have to. So that's a that's a good thing. But it's easier to he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that wants to sit around texting fifteen year olds all night long. And so it's easier to recruit to USC than it is to Norman, Oklahoma. It just is. You get to live in Los Angeles instead of Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, and I understand the taxes hit you, but the taxes don't hit you to that in a, that much of an extent, and you got a raise. So he's going to live about the same quality of life he does now in L.A. as he did in Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, that ain't bad. And and, and again, get, I, I would also not want I, – I know Bob Stoops helped him get that gig, but Bob Stoops is still around all the time. Yep. And you don't want somebody looking over your shoulder on everything that you do all the time, talking to you about, well, why didn't you do this and what did you do? You, you still want to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that Bob Stoops is still involved – would mean for me if I was Lincoln Riley and I had legitimate other options. Now, I, I thought those options were going to end up being the National Football League. But 
I, and also at USC, like my wife can go to the grocery store and nobody's going to say anything to her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's the lane thing that I absolutely buy into. That you know, his wife didn't like the idea that she walks into one of the grocery stores here in West Knoxville and somebody, uh, you know, eight people come and say something to her, right? Especially if she's an introvert. I just at, at LA, they don't care about me at USC. I mean, the stadium's going to be half full. I'm going to make a ton of money. We're going to be good. I can get players to come there. I can recruit locally and be good enough to compete for a national title. And my wife can go to the grocery store and not have eight people come up to her. I was talking to an assistant coach here on campus a couple of uh, couple of weeks ago, and he used that analogy. Literally, he said, "I mean, we'll go to the grocery store. We'll go shopping. You know, I'm talking about on the bye week." Yeah. It's like, you know, it was fun for an hour, and then everybody started figuring out who we were, and then we had to leave. I was yeah. like, welcome to East Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and that's, that's that's if you especially if you're an introvert, that's tough, yeah. right? And Or yeah. you're just having a bad day, and I'm sure it's cool for a few months, and you're really appreciative for a few months. Yeah. And then you have that day where the kids are acting the fool, and you haven't slept well. and you gotta get old, yeah. Yes, and so there's going to be that day where it's you don't like that. And at USC, they don't care. You might have somebody there every fourth. You can, I mean, let's be honest, Lincoln can go to the store. At USC and not worry about it, much less his wife or the assistant coaches or mm-hmm. anything like that. It, it is just, it's a better quality. And you're at the beach. Let's just be real, right? It's 75 and sunny instead of dealing, you're in Norman. Nothing against Norman, Oklahoma. I've got friends that live there and do radio there. You're still in Norman, Oklahoma, man. And and I'm <laughs> sure it's a great place, but you get to be in LA and have the same quality of life. And they handed you a $6 million mansion on the beach. Sold. And they bought your two other houses in Norman, and they yeah. gave you a whole lot of more money. And, and so, you got used to the private plan anytime your fa- your, yeah. your family wants to come in, or your your wife and kids want to go see the other family, and you don't have to you know you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, you just go take their. Oh, hey, we're going to go this day, this place on this day, and they take care of it. Mm-hmm. Sold. I I understand why Lincoln left. I'd have left. It too. It's one of the reasons I said what's you know when we talked about last week, what's the best job? LSU, Florida, USC. So well, LSU's the best job, but the job I take is USC. Yeah. Because I can literally, as long I don't play for the Lakers, they don't care about me whatsoever, right? Mm-hmm. Well, like, how far is USC down the pecking order? It's behind the Lakers, it's behind the Dodgers, it's behind the Rams, it's behind the Chargers, it's probably behind the Kings. Like, I mean, if you, I don't, I don't know that it's behind the Ducks or behind the Angels. You think it's behind the Kings? I think it probably is behind the Kings. Okay. Like again, it, it might be behind UCLA as far as the number of people that care. Maybe. So I, I just UC, definitely UCLA basketball. Yeah. So I just think that it's the quality of life's just better and the money's a little better. So I understand why Lincoln would leave. No, I mean, I mean everybody kept making the jokes on Sunday about uh, you know Lincoln Riley wanting no part of the SEC. And though I do believe, <clears throat> I do believe that is one hundred percent true. I get that. I recognize that. But I mean, it, this is a business decision, not only monetarily, not only for the quality of life and everything we're talking about. I'm just looking. From a pure football aspect, too. Say the playoffs expand to eight games or uh, eight teams. I mean, th- that's a guaranteed ticket every year. Say they go to 12 teams. I mean, that's insurance every single year. You don't have to play in the West and the, the LSU in that division. You don't have to go through Gauntlet Row every single season. You're going to be able to develop quarterbacks every single year. It just makes too much sense for Lincoln Riley on a number of different levels to go to USC over, you know, staying in Oklahoma or going to LSU. I also think this, like coaches don't think like that. I don't want any part of that. Nobody's thinking that. You think you're the best ever, right? Mm-hmm. Especially if you're Lincoln Riley and you've only you know, you've won that many games and lost that few games. You think, well, once we're in the SEC, I can recruit better. <clears throat> this is about quality of life. And if you think that the wife doesn't play or you know, just the family doesn't play a portion into it, I there are many people who have said Nick Saban was going to leave Alabama a couple of times and Miss Terry said no. And no, we're not. We're not leaving because <laughs> they don't see them, right? I, mean, yeah. I remember Monty when they left. Monty Kiffin told Heather and I one day at an event we were at that he sees his wife maybe one day a week, and the rest of the time he he is at the facility. He goes over to the Holiday Inn on you know World's Fair Park at the time, 
and goes over there and sleeps for about three or four hours, and he'll come back, come to work, maybe take a nap for a little while in his office in between, and that's what his life is, and maybe they get a meal together during the day. That's what his life is. So if his family wants to be in this other place, I mean, that that to me is going to play a part of it. So I, I understand why Lincoln did that. Now, Brian Kelly, it's warmer in Baton Rouge, right? Yeah. I can't help but think that that's just money, right? Like, is, is that is that just money or is that just, it's one, it's money, two, at LSU, I can recruit a whole lot easier. So that's not that it's off the plate. But it just becomes a lot easier if you're Brian Kelly at LSU. No, I man, I think it's I think it's definitely money. You're talking about a guy that's making just a little over north of five million dollars right now. Um, it, it's not public university, so it's not it's not known for sure. But the belief is he's making you know five and some change or whatever. And you're knocking on the door to the college football playoff every single year. You've been there a couple of times. You've been to a national championship. I mean, you know that that that's no money today. So. You're going to double that at least. There was a report out there, as you mentioned from Dennis Dodd, saying around $15 million, at least probably around 10 and some change, plus incentives. It's got to be just money, right? I mean, it's got to be. But again, the timing is so unique, too, because, again, the early signing period throws everything for a loop because it's a race to get your coach before. That way you can have, I mean, Lincoln Riley was in in-home visits last night. How wild is that? In-home visits, you are introduced to the head coach. Later on that night, you're going in-home visits. You want to get your guy in place, but, you know, for Ryan Kelly, there's a chance you can make the college football playoff, and he's just dipping out on his team. Now, his staff was also at Notre Dame. His staff was out recruiting in-home, and they are going there and trying to pitch everybody, and then they came back to text messages saying, hey, you know, th- this is what's going on. They're saying, well, we look like complete morons right now. We look like yeah. idiots what we just did. And so it's it's a disaster at Notre Dame right now, but you understand it from the aspect of you got to get a guy in place. Do, do, you, are you, do you have a problem with the fact that Brian Kelly goes to his own coaches? On that situation, Lincoln Riley clearly gets home Saturday night, talks to them Saturday after yep. the loss, and talks to them again Sunday morning, goes and meets with Oklahoma's brass Sunday morning, and he's taking the assistants with him. That, to me, is different than Brian Kelly goes dark on his coaches last night. I want to say that I would handle things differently, but I've never been in that situation before. I know things are moving a million miles an hour. I know it's easy to say, well, take, take 10 minutes to make phone calls. I get all that, but... I don't know. I've never been in that situation before. So, yeah, is it is it bad the way he did it? Absolutely. But should we expect anything less from Brian Kelly? Or just for the coaching world, it's the way that it yeah, goes, right? It's There's just no honor among thieves. And that's just yeah. a little bit of the way that you got to be a little shady if you want to be a coach. You yeah. just kind of do. That's Eric Kane. I'm Will West, 656-9900, your phone number. John joins us next on the Stanley Fencing and Gates Hotline. What's up, John? Thanks for, thanks for coming on TSL. Hey, good, good to be here. Good to talk to you guys. I always enjoy uh, listening every morning. Um, I just had a question, you know, and I take this just for what it is. I mean, we've seen this with Jimbo Fisher. Um, and, you know, I remember when Lincoln Riley got asked a couple nights ago before he went to USC. And I'm just, you know, I get maybe it's for the, for the not everybody needs to know kind of ordeal. But, I mean, why don't coaches just say when they're asked, hey, are you leaving for another job? And they're like, no, I'm not leaving. And then they just try to boot it off to go to the next question. I mean, I get it. You want to just keep it to yourself and your family, and you know you do your own thing. But I mean, with Jimbo Fisher when he was asked, and you sit here and he's backing it up, no, no, no. He did the same thing when he went from Florida State to Texas. Him, I mean, no. why? I just want to know, like, you know, they should just come out and say it. You know, hey, I'm taking this job, man. I'm making my more money. It's a better conference, better deal, better everything. Why don't they just say that so it save them less time? I, I well, John, I, I would say for starters, you know, everything's happened so quickly. What if that deal fell through? Yeah. 
you know, Saturday night, if you're Lincoln Riley, he said, I'm not going to be coaching at LSU. He could have very well came out and said, hey, I'm heading to USC. But what if that deal fell through on, on Sunday, right? Then your whole locker room's going to just, I mean, you lose your team. Uh, number two, as far as recruiting for the school you're at, again, if it falls through, you're, I mean, you're essentially, essentially you know, sending a death wish to all your commits and the recruiting and everything with the early signing period coming up in just a few weeks. And number three, I would assume that they're contractually obligated to stay away from any of that type of conversation with the media, right? I, I would assume so. I, I don't know. How I don't know what work. the language would yeah. be in there, but I would assume that you probably can't comment on other jobs when you're employed by said school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's just politicking too. It's part of it. Again, like Lincoln Riley, I thought was pretty honest about the timeline yesterday. If I did this, I jumped on zoom with these people. I talked with them again the next morning. No. I uh, went and talked to Oklahoma staff and I was out and it was just kind of a blur and it was over. You know what I mean? Like if you, it's game day, it's 2 a.m. When you first start having conversations and by 9 a.m., the, the whole thing's done. Yep. That's just how fast it goes. And I also think that a lot of them believe I'm not going. And then things change. Mm-hmm. And so, but it does stink, John, to your point for the fans. It does make them look bad that they say one thing and then have to go do something else. And Nick Saban said, uh, you know, when he I'm was going to be Alabama coach, not going to be Alabama coach. said it three times. Yeah. And, and there he is. So, I mean, you, you, we see it over the years all the time. And I, I get it. But I just, there's so much that could go wrong. There's so many things that could fall through. I mean, how many times has Tennessee almost hired a coach and didn't hire a coach, right? Yep. I, I mean, we've been through a couple cycles now, right? Things always happen. Things get hang, uh, you know, hung up there in the, in the last you know couple hours. So y- it's too much of a risk if you're to say, yeah, guys, I'm really looking at this job. I uh, love it here, but I'm really pursuing this opportunity. And then for you to be back there would, would be horrible. That's Eric Kane. I'm Will West. We'll come back on the other side. I, I know I saw this question 250, 300 times on social media last night and this morning. What is going on in college football? The coaches are going power five to power five. We bring it down next. Starting lineup, 99.1, the sports animal. To LSU, why are power five jobs, why are coaches leaving one power five gig and going to another? Will West, Eric Kane, TSL. Will, it's, it's got to be money, right? I mean, sure, better situation for Lincoln Riley's case, in my opinion, but it's got to be about the money. I, I think they're right now you have some schools that are willing to just offer wrong money, stupid money, and just flat overpay in a way that, look, everybody in college football is overpaid right now. Yeah, oh, yeah. But well, some of the position coaches are, but other than that, everybody else is overpaid. Um, I think that you have some schools that are willing to just give stupid money out and they don't care. And some schools who aren't, who are trying to be responsible with money. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. I, I honestly think that's what it comes down to. It's look at it, the A&M contract with Jimbo. Look at the, the Bell Tucker contract at Michigan State. Brian Kelly's going to make eight figures. Lincoln Riley's going to make Hugh eight Freeze figures. Hugh is going to make $4 million at Liberty. At Liberty. At so Liberty. It's just a matter of, of some people are irresponsible with their money and some people aren't. And so the schools that are irresponsible with their money right now, and maybe they end up making that money back. I will say this. Do you know where that money is going to come from to pay that coach's salary? It ain't just boosters handing you cash. It's not. It's coming out of your ticket sales. Yeah. It's not just new TV revenue that's going to come in. It's coming out of your ticket sales. So I would say if you're Michigan, everybody out there needs to expect more money or to pay more money right now. There's going to be inflation when it comes to ticket prices. But I think Brian Kelly left LSU, left Notre Dame because it's easier to get the college football playoff and $4 million more, $5 million more per year. And I can't blame him there. I really no. can't. I mean, because again, and if you have a guy to his pedigree in terms of being a football coach, not as a man, uh, being a football coach and has accomplished what he has accomplished at Notre Dame, which is, you know, might not carry as much weight as it did in years past, but it's still a team that's very relevant nowadays. And you're just making a little bit north of $5 million, then then I don't blame him whatsoever at all. Go to LSU, get paid. 
You're going to be in a gold mine to get prospects. If you win, if you're competitive in the Western Division, you go to Atlanta. I mean, it's a clear path to the college football playoff. Go and do that. Um, so, so I don't blame him at all there. But it, it's just interesting because you don't see a whole lot of lateral moves often, you know, unless you're canned. Um, but but now you now you we are almost be- never saw them right yeah. almost never yeah and, but but I mean now you are because again the, you know money's money and if Mel Tucker's signing a ninety five million dollar contract if Hugh Freeze is making four million at Liberty if Jimbo Fisher's doing this and and you know Harbaugh's doing this and of course you know Riley and now Brian Kelly I mean Nick Saban's just sitting here like really you know Dabo's sitting here like okay I mean you know anybody I mean Nick Saban deserves to be paid whatever he wants to make simply put because he's the best college football coach to ever do it. And it's just wild that he's not the standard anymore. But that's just kind of where you are with TV contracts and and and, and kind of how much how much emphasis put on college football and how much money there is to make. Well, and then they don't have to pay labor, right? So there's no. part of it. There's a reason that again, Mel Tucker's going to make more than Mike than uh, Andy Reid. You know what I mean? Like Brian Kelly's going to make more than Andy Reid, which is incredible. He's going to make more than Bill Belichick. So it's 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 stupid. So but if you don't have to pay labor, you don't have to worry about that. That's part of it. And so I do think this. I think once name, image, and likeness happened. Um, and players can monetize whatever they want to. There are some schools that looked at it and said, "Oh, we can just pay whatever, right?" We don't because because I do think they were handcuffed a little bit with we don't want to lose these court cases down the line by handing coaches more money than you make in the NFL yep. or making that especially that much more money than you're making in the NFL. We don't want to handcuff ourselves when it comes to these court cases because how do you go to a judge and say we can't afford to pay players when you're paying a middle-level college football coach twice what an NFL coach makes, right? Yeah. Like, how do, you, how do you make that argument that you, you don't have? The, you can't, exactly. And so, and they don't want to have to do, start paying players so because they want to line their own pockets. So that's what they're doing right now. Once NIL happen and it looks like, hey, if you're a player, monetize whatever you want to monetize and we'll do our own thing, but this money's not coming to you. I do think once that happened, the schools looked at it and said, some of them did and said, we can throw whatever stupid money we want to, like Mayweather, a strip club, just slinging cash everywhere. <laughs> so here's my question for you, Will West: Is are we going to see another lateral move from Power Five to Power Five? Oklahoma is open, Notre Dame is open, Matt Campbell, Shane Beamer. I mean, I mean, here are some more names being being rolled off the tongue. I, I think here. two more because the, the, here's the other thing that this brings is the expectation that you're going to land a Power Five coach at these big schools yeah. as well. So it's not just a matter of do we. Will you get someone that will leave? It's a matter of your fan base is going to want that. Yeah. And your fan base is better. It says you better get a power five coach if you're Tony coming up. in here. Exactly. Yeah. Now, Fickle leaves for Cincinnati. That's not power five yet. They're going to the Big 12, but it's not power five yet. I don't know that they can wait on Fickle to play the college football playoff out before they hire him in Notre Dame, though, right? He's made comments in the... Yeah, I mean, I agree with that 100%. He's made comments in the past that the only jobs... I mean, he said he's happy in Cincinnati, yada, yada. Okay, sure. Um, he said the only jobs he would really consider, you know, taking would have a hard time turning down would be his alma mater, Ohio State, mm-hmm. and the Notre, Notre Dame gig, and, and that that's that's understandable, okay. Um, but it would be really really difficult right now because he's not going to leave Cincinnati. You know, they're likely going to be in the college football playoff, right? Um, and, and so, can Notre Dame afford to wait around? And then here's another thing too: Shane Beamer is very interesting to me. South Carolina. Goodness gracious, they overachieved in my opinion. I thought South Carolina would win four games this year. So hats off to Shane Beamer. I think he's building something there. I think it's yeah. They I mean, won two games I didn't expect they'd win. Yeah, they beat Auburn. They beat Florida. Yeah, and they, that's they, a they, bad they, Auburn team and a bad Florida team. I mean, they, they still beat them. They beat the crap out of Florida. Yeah. Um. And I know Florida quit and all that. And I don't think South Carolina is ever going to win the East here. But I mean, good, good for Shane Beamer doing what he's doing. The fact that his name and I get it, the tie he was there, associate head coach for years. I get all that. He brought in Shane Rattler, who's no longer there anymore. I get all that. But, um. 
you know, the fact that his name is being thrown around for the Oklahoma gig right now is just embarrassing, in my opinion. Um, he came out last or yeah, a couple of weeks ago when the Virginia Tech obviously came up and said, hey, this is my home. I know coaches say this all the time, but this is where we want to be. I want to see how true that is. If this is, I mean, if, if dogs are being connected, Oklahoma really does have interest in Shane Beamer. I want to know how true those comments are because I could see him definitely going back to Oklahoma. Uh, without question. There's a difference between the Virginia Tech job and the Oklahoma job, oh, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's Eric Kane. I'm Will West. We'll come back on the other side. Love it or leave it's next. Starting lineup 99.1, the sports animal. Here's the Tennessee Lottery sports update. Final segment. Hour number one is starting lineup. Will West, Eric Kane, Chandler Emerson. Coming up, we'll talk about uh, the, the how buck wild it's got on the coaching carousel. I mean, that is unbelievable. It's like a bomb just dropped two days in a row in the world of coaching. And frankly, I don't think it's over by any stretch of the imagination, right? Probably not. I mean, you, you still have two prominent jobs. You've you got, got Notre fill, Dame. Right? You've got Oklahoma. You and have then to the fill. trickle-down effect to where, yeah. okay, someone leaves, but who's going to replace them and yada, yada. Two top ten brands in college football yep. that are going to have to replace coaches. And their expectation for their fan basis is you better go power five. And so what do you do from now? There? Are you going to get bigger name coaches than Lincoln Riley and Brian no, Kelly? No, 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 but still is but your it, point. It it's, creates the domino effect, yep. right? And so somebody leaves this school to go to this school and things like that. So we will see what happens, but yeah, the dominoes are going to keep falling in the coaching carousel. It's wild as it seems right now. Tennessee's pretty safe, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I would assume so. And I know we, Tyler and I talked about it a little bit on yesterday's program. There's a worry again. The Oklahoma could come calling Josh Heupel. I do not see that happening at all. And even if Oklahoma came calling, which I don't see happening, I don't think Josh Heupel will listen. That's just my personal opinion. And those that I've spoken to, it did not end great there. And the guy that you said earlier is still calling the shots yep. at Oklahoma. He is still there. That's right. That's Eric Kane. I'm Will West. Chandler Emerson here as well. 656-9900. If you want to get on board, time now, though, for Love It or Leave It. Chandler Emerson, what do you have for us today, pal? Notre Dame's Brian Kelly will reportedly become the next coach at LSU. Love it or leave it, Kelly will win a national title in Baton Rouge. Yeah, I love this. I mean, you have the two guys that won one before him. You have everything. You have every resource you can possibly need at LSU. He'll have money. He'll have recruits at his disposal. He'll have everything you possibly need. And Brian Kelly is a great coach. So I will absolutely love this. Couldn't love this anymore. I love this as well. And part of it's this. He's going to be there longer than Saban's going to be there. Yep. And so even if you say, yeah, but Saban, okay. But it, and then people talk about the murderer's row of coaches that are there in the West right now. And there are good coaches in the West right now. Jimbo is what Jimbo is, right? Like, I mean, Jimbo's a nine and three coach. What he is. Yep. So it, it's it, now do you cycle up on a given year? Yeah. And do you have an eight and four on a given year? Yeah. The bottom, the floor is much higher. The floor is high. Much higher. But Mike Leach is fantastic. But Mike Leach has never won a national title. Yep. or won a national title because he's not going to be able to get players in there. And he'll kill them if they did the type of players you have to bring in to win a national title. Mm-hmm. Mike Leach would kill them. So Lane ain't winning a national title. So it, it just, it is. It, it's not as tough as you might think. It's just a lot of big names, and the floor is really high, as Eric said. So I love this. Today is National Mississippi Day. Love it or leave it, Lane Kiffin is the best college coach in the state of Mississippi, regardless of sports. I leave this. It's Mike Leach. Mike Leach has done it at three places. Mike Leach has never been fired anywhere. Mike Leach was better at Washington State than Lane was at USC. Lane's a really, really good coach. I would also say for him to turn this around to go 7-5 and five this year, when you got a game stolen from you by officials, and if you watch the Memphis game, that game was stolen from them. Um, you also dropped three passes. I mean, the LSU loss and the uh, and the Ole Miss loss, totally on your players just not executing. You put them in a position to be there. 
But that was a train wreck when he stepped in there where defensive players beat down the starting quarterback and bruised his face up where he couldn't see out of the side of his face. That was a train wreck two years ago. And again, Lane's hasn't had the sample size to get past Leach. I think he will eventually, but he ain't there yet. Leach didn't get off to the best start either. I mean, a couple off the field comments that were just kind of like, oh, no, he's the train wreck of the person. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to make it my own, you know, call me, call me younger generation here that just loves to feed into everything Lane Kiffin is. I, I'm, I'm going to love this. Uh, does he have the resume, the tenure of, of, of Mike size. Leach? He does yeah, not have absolutely not. Size. No, he does not. Uh, but I think what he does with his offenses, what he's done with that team with Ole Miss right now, Ole Miss, I mean, it was fun. Uh, again, Tyler and I talked about it yesterday. It's the step in year two was got to be his defense. The offense is going to be fine. And that defense got so much better. Now he went hired to come back at DJ Dirk and to be the, uh, the but he, defensive coordinator, yeah, but the, but Killed the, the kid. Yeah. But the team got a whole lot better. So I'll love this right now. I think Lane Kiffin has surpassed Mike Leach in my opinion. Today is also Bo Jackson's 59th birthday. Love it or leave it, Bo is the biggest cultural icon in SEC history. Yeah, I mean, I'll be short and sweet here. I mean, there's a number of you know players you can list off here over the years, but I don't believe anyone's had a bigger impact just in society and culture than what Bo Jackson has. I mean, he was an incredible player, dual sport athlete. I, I will love this. This is so close to him and Tebow, right? It's so Tebow, clo- Tebow was the, the first it's one that came so to mind. so close. Yeah. I never saw, like, every kid in the nation had the Bo Jackson poster, and I don't ever remember seeing that for Tebow. Well, I mean, you had Tennessee fans growing up loving Tebow. Yeah, you, you did. but it was just weird. The, the, it, it, that is really weird. Yeah. Tebow's a really likable guy. I just also think, and Bo didn't want the spotlight, and Tebow kind of, like, it, it, it's being smarter, I think, about the spotlight than Bo was. Bo probably should have played football instead of bat- baseball. It is what it is, but that's mm-hmm. what he, he went and did what he wanted to do. I'm going to love this, but it is so close with him and Tebow. So close. The Titans currently have a two-game lead in the AFC South. Love it or leave it, the Titans will still win the division. I'm going to love this. I think that they still win the division. I don't think it's going to be pretty when they get there, but I also don't think it's going to be pretty down the stretch for Indianapolis. So I think the Titans win the division. That two-game lead is going to be just enough, in my opinion, for them to be able to get there. If I believed more in Indianapolis, that I probably would take them because I don't think, I, again, I think this is going to be real clunky down the stretch for the Titans, but I think they finish off the AFC South. Might it, have a little something on that on, uh, on FanDuel Sportsbook, by the way. Yeah, it has been ugly. You have a combined 26 points offensively in the last two games. You got to find, you got to find some consistency there, but I'm going to love this as well because you did such a great job before Derrick Henry went out and when Derrick Henry initially went out, got some winnable games coming up against the Jags and the Steelers as well. And plus Indianapolis blew a double digit lead in, yep. the, in the fourth quarter yesterday. I love this. And today is Grant Williams 23rd birthday. Love it or leave it, Grant is the best Tennessee basketball player since Allen Houston. I know everybody's going to say Chris Loth and all this. I get all this, but I love this. Grant Williams, two-time SEC Player of the Year, a unanimous All-American selection. I love this. It is Grant Williams. Yeah, I, I love Chris Lofton. He's fantastic. Yeah. It's Grant. The answer's Grant. Mm-hmm. It, it is. And, and and God love Chris Lofton and everything that he meant to Tennessee, and I understand emotionally why it went so much and everything that he was going through with cancer and everything that he was fighting. Grant was, I mean, honestly... Grant might have probably should have been the SEC player of the year three years in a row, right? I mean, so no. So what do you do? It's it got God bless Lofton. Grant was another level than everybody else in the conference at the time that Grant played here. That is Love It or Leave It brought to you by New Balance Knoxville. New Balance Knoxville Suburban Shopping Center. The perfect fit every time at New Balance Knoxville. Wide sizes, extra wide sizes. They have them. Look up to shop somewhere local for Christmas presents. New Balance Knoxville, a great place to do it. Suburban Shopping Center. It's New Balance Knoxville. We'll come back on the other side. Holy crap, the coaching carousel imploded, and it's probably going to continue to. We break it down next. Starting lineup 99 1, the sports animal. 
What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count.